Welcome to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery Podcast, where we share tips, information, and success stories about a revolutionary treatment for alcohol use disorder called the Sinclair Method, or TSM. TSM can help most people reduce rather than abstain from alcohol by addressing the root cause of problem drinking, which is inside the brain. I'm your host, Katie Lane, Sinclair Method success story and co-founder of Thrive Alcohol Recovery, where we help you find freedom from problem drinking using this approach so that you can live your best life. Let's dive into today's episode. Hi there, my name is Katie Lane. I am a success story of the Sinclair Method, and I've been a coach to others on this treatment for over four years. I've had the opportunity to work with hundreds of people on this treatment and also have my own personal experience with it after I struggled with alcohol addiction for nearly 10 years. Um, The Sinclair Method is finally what freed me from it after I literally tried to quit drinking dozens of times and nothing else had worked. So in this video, I really wanted to speak to the loved ones or the family members of those who are considering going on or who are using the Sinclair method. I really wanted to speak to you all in this video today to help answer some common questions or concerns that loved ones typically have uh, when someone they know is going to use the Sinclair method for treatment of alcohol use disorder. I just want to say I can really appreciate the position that you're in today because if you have known someone close to you who has struggled with an alcohol use disorder, you may have, you know, suffered the consequences uh, of that alongside them. And I can appreciate how um, difficult that can be. So just want to honor and recognize that today before we jump into the video. So there are a few different topics I wanted to cover in today's video. The first one is just to answer the question of what is the Sinclair method? You know, I'm guessing if you're watching this video, you probably have a basic understanding of this protocol, but I'll just talk a bit more about it and also link some resources below that you can check out as well. The next question I'm going to answer is, is the Sinclair method a legitimate treatment or is it just an excuse to keep drinking? Uh, The next question I'll cover is, why can't my loved one just quit drinking? And then the final question is, how can I support them through this treatment? So I actually did a poll of a bunch of people who are currently using the Sinclair Method, and I asked them how it is that their loved ones support them. And so I'm going to actually read all of those comments to you at the end of this video. So let's jump into the first question. You know, what is the Sinclair Method? So the Sinclair Method is a science-based treatment for alcohol use disorder that's been around for almost 30 years, but it's just not very well known yet. Um, Part of the reason it's not well known is because it's a harm reduction treatment for alcohol use disorder, meaning someone is still drinking alcohol when they are using this treatment protocol, whereby the traditional treatment space um, has been primarily abstinence based for the better part of the last 100 years, meaning the first steps towards someone getting better is really them to quit drinking. Um, However, uh, papers have shown that actually this has a very high failure rate where 80% or more of people will relapse um, within six months of leaving treatment. So the current treatment system, even though it's been around for nearly 100 years, it's really not serving the majority of people or helping them to overcome alcohol addiction. And that's why the Sinclair Method is such a powerful alternative treatment to just going strict abstinence. 
So the Sinclair method uses the medication naltrexone, which is an opiate blocker medication. It's non-addictive, it's generic, it's actually been approved for treatment of alcoholism since 1994 by the FDA. Um, someone takes this medicine an hour before their first alcoholic drink of the day, and what this medicine is doing is it's blocking the endorphin reward that someone gets when they drink alcohol. And it's really that endorphin reward and that flood of all the hormones in the brain that cause alcohol to be addictive because it just floods our brain with all of these feel-good hormones. And over time, with enough repeated use, almost anyone can develop an alcohol use disorder. So when someone starts on the Sinclair method, they take the medicine before they are drinking and it's blocking the reward that their brain experiences when they drink. And so over time, what happens for most people on this treatment is they gradually lose interest in alcohol. They gradually gain control over alcohol. And that typically means they can have more alcohol-free days. They're not thinking about or craving alcohol as much, which is the a big cause of relapse because when we have alcohol use disorder, we're just constantly obsessing about it and thinking about it all of the time. And so the Sinclair method works to reverse that. Um, and for a lot of people, when they reach the end goal of the Sinclair method, which is called pharmacological extinction of the addiction, which essentially means the addiction has been reversed um, inside the brain, takes about nine months on average. Some people it will take longer, others it might take less. But when someone reaches that place, they've essentially uh, gotten to a point where they have total control over alcohol. So sometimes when people, well, a lot of people actually, when they reach extinction, they are still choosing to drink alcohol, but they do so with control and in moderation. A lot of people I know who have reached extinction who still continue to, to drink alcohol, they might drink once a month or a couple of times a month, but when they do drink, they have total control and they continue to take naltrexone beforehand um, to protect them from relearning the alcohol use disorder. And others like myself, when they reach extinction, um, they go alcohol-free just because they really lose interest in alcohol. Or like myself, I reached extinction and then a few months later I ended up quitting drinking sort of by accident just because I really lost interest in alcohol and kept forgetting to drink. So that's a bit about the Sinclair method. You know, it has over 100 clinical trials uh, proving its efficacy of 78%, which is amazing. Such a high success rate, especially compared to the current treatment system for alcohol addiction. And there's over 2,000 medical journals um, on naltrexone's use for alcohol use disorder. So I've linked some resources below if you wanted to do more research into just what the Sinclair method is and understanding the treatment. So the Sinclair method is definitely a legitimate treatment. As I've mentioned, there's over 100 clinical trials proving the efficacy of this treatment, but it's just not very well known yet, simply because um, our current treatment system, as I said, is more of an abstinence-based treatment. Although naltrexone has been approved by the FDA, for treatment of alcohol use disorder since 1994. So people have known for decades that naltrexone is an effective treatment for alcohol addiction. So it is a, legit, a legitimate treatment. Again, check out the resources I've linked in, in the description box below. The more common question people have around that is, you know, is it just an excuse to drink? And I can absolutely understand why you might think that um, this is just an excuse for some people to drink. And to be honest, perhaps when someone is starting on the treatment, like myself, I was excited that I didn't have to quit drinking forever because the thing is, is when we have alcohol use disorder, our brain is really equating it to a survival need, which I'm going to talk about more in just a little bit. But when we're really addicted to alcohol, the thought of giving it up is really terrifying for a lot of people, even if they really want to, even if they see how alcohol is hurting themselves or loved ones and they really want to fix this problem, 
it becomes this internal battle because um, we're addicted to alcohol and it, and it becomes no more a logical choice, but something that our brain is mistakenly equating as a survival need. So, you know, sometimes when people start this treatment, they are happy about the fact that they don't have to quit drinking forever. But I will say if someone is going on this treatment, it's going to change the way they experience alcohol. Alcohol is not going to be as rewarding as it was before. So if someone is starting this treatment, to me, that speaks volumes to their motivation to really change their relationship with alcohol because just by taking the medication before drinking, it's going to change the drinking experience. So it's not going to be um, the same as drinking um, before taking the medication. And so if someone's willing to go on this treatment and start taking the medication, to me, that really shows that they do want to uh, fix this problem with alcohol. Maybe they can't imagine quitting drinking yet, or maybe they can't imagine even having an alcohol-free day yet when they're starting the treatment. But just the fact that they're starting it tells me that they really do want to make this change in their relationship with alcohol. And perhaps if they're anything like me, you know, just quitting cold turkey hasn't worked for them in the past and maybe, you know, moderating their drinking hasn't worked for them either. And so the Sinclair Method is a really, really powerful treatment that works to gradually reverse alcohol use disorder inside of the brain. And it really can permanently heal someone of the alcohol dependence. You know, um, trying to quit drinking for me and for many others before the Sinclair method. It's this white knuckled experience where we're obsessively and compulsively thinking about alcohol, wishing we could drink again, because our brain is mistakenly equating it to a survival need thinking, oh my gosh, I need this drink to survive. Kind of like if we're dying of thirst, all we can think about is getting some water. Not a perfect example, but something similar is happening when we have alcohol addiction. So when we go sober, uh, you know, without the Sinclair method, it's really hard for a lot of people. They end up battling the cravings and those cravings end up leading to relapse just because they come o become overwhelming and, um, you know, they have to give into it eventually. And that was part of actually Dr. David Sinclair, who discovered the Sinclair method um, almost 30 years ago in Finland. He proved, and there's been a lot of research on it since, um, that there's something called the alcohol deprivation effect, where essentially when someone is addicted to alcohol and they abruptly quit drinking uh, because their brain is equating it to a survival need, um, they go into deprivation mode essentially for alcohol. So the longer someone stays abstinent, um, the more their craving for alcohol can actually increase because they're being deprived of it. So for a lot of people, what happens is they might be able to go sober for a couple weeks, a couple months, maybe even years, um, but they're going into the alcohol deprivation mode. And so they're still craving alcohol. They're still battling that craving every day. I've had people who are in AA for months or years reach out, reach out to me and say, you know, I haven't drank in two years, but I still think about drinking every day. That is what's going on inside the brain of someone who has alcohol use disorder. And they might be sober on the outside, but their brain is still preoccupied with alcohol. And so with the alcohol deprivation effect, um, you know, what happens is someone's still obsessively thinking about alcohol. And it, then if they do give in to that urge, um, they end up oftentimes binge drinking um, quite a bit just because, again, if you're dying of thirst, you're probably going to chug the water when you finally get it. So similar thing happens when someone is being feeling like they're being deprived of alcohol. Um, they're going to chug it when they um, finally do allow themselves to have it. So going sober with the Sinclair method is a completely different experience um, because you're not battling the alcohol craving anymore. It works to reverse the alcohol use disorder in the brain. And so people begin to really develop an indifference to alcohol to where, you know, I'll just use me as an example, but I'm, you know, speaking for tons of people who whose experience has been 
been the same. You know, I could be surrounded by alcohol all around me and I just don't even think about it. I don't even desire it anymore. In fact, like the thought of alcohol kind of grosses me out a little bit. Um, it's just a non-issue because my brain has been reversed. It really feels like it's been restored back to the state it was in before I had alcohol use disorder. And the same thing happens for others as well on this treatment. So um, with the end goal of this treatment, you know, some people do wind up going alcohol free like myself and others, um, they continue to drink, but it's a non-issue because they're drinking so infrequently and with control. So I hope that explains a little bit about whether or not the Sinclair method is a legitimate treatment or whether it's just an excuse to keep drinking. So the next question I wanted to cover is why can't my loved one just quit drinking? And I really appreciate this question because I think this is a place where, you know, people are asking this question oftentimes from a place of pain and just frustration because when someone has alcohol use disorder, there's just so many negative consequences that come from it. So if someone just wants their loved one to quit drinking, it's probably because there's been a lot of heartache and pain and hardship tied to their drinking. So I can totally understand where someone is at if they just want them to quit drinking instead of doing the Sinclair method. So let's talk about why they can't quit drinking. And I've linked a video below that talks about the neuroscience of addiction. It's about a 20 minute video where they really explain it well about what's going on in the brain when someone has an addiction and why it's so hard for people to just quit once they're addicted. So when someone experiences alcohol use disorder, it changes the brain. And as I've mentioned before, what happens is we begin to equate alcohol to a survival need. Our brain does that by mistake, essentially because alcohol gives us so much pleasure and so much reward in our brain. And our um, as, as humans, we just naturally equate pleasure to survival. And so with enough repeated drinking over time, almost anyone can develop an alcohol use disorder. And for people who have a predisposition to developing an alcohol addiction, uh, when they drink, it's almost like their brain experiences extra pleasure than a normal person would. And so it's almost easier for, for those people to develop an alcohol addiction. But again, it can happen to anyone. So why can't your loved one just quit drinking? Well, it's because of what's going on in the brain. Once alcohol addiction sets in and we begin to equate it to a survival need, what happens when someone quits drinking, as I mentioned before, is the alcohol deprivation effect. So for a lot of people, they'll be totally resolved to quit drinking. You know, like myself, I tried to quit drinking dozens of times uh, before I went on the Sinclair method. You know, they'll be so motivated. They'll be so committed. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to quit drinking. This is it. And that will be their logical part of themselves that really does want to make this change. But what happens over time is the alcohol deprivation effect kicks in. And for a lot of people, they just start obsessively thinking about and craving alcohol. Again, back to the water example where today, if you said, I'm never going to drink water again, maybe logically you would think that would be true and possible, but in a day or two or three, you're going to really be thinking about water. And maybe that's going to be all that you're thinking about. And so when someone has an alcohol addiction, their brain is just obsessively thinking about drinking all of the time. And so for a lot of people, that urge for a drink becomes so strong that they just give into it and ultimately end up relapsing. That's why I mentioned the relapse rate is so high for trad traditional treatment where 80% or more of people People relapse after six months of leaving treatment. And so even though, you know, quitting drinking seems like the logical choice, like you have a problem with alcohol, you should stop drinking. It's not that easy because of what someone is experiencing inside of the brain when they struggle with alcohol addiction. And again, that's where the Sinclair method can work to really reverse that. It starts to break down those pathways in the brain that are mistakenly equating alcohol to a survival need. So alcohol really just starts to lose its power. People gradually lose interest in it because again, it's just not 
and they're you know they're not getting the endorphin reward because naltrexone is blocking it. And so it's human nature. If we do something that isn't as rewarding, we're going to want to do it less often. And that's how the Sinclair method is working over time, little by little, blocking the reward we're getting from alcohol. So every time we crave it and we drink it and we're not getting that reward, it's going to teach our brain that, hey, alcohol's no longer giving us this huge flood of endorphins. What else can we do in life to get this reward? So if you've talked to anyone who's experienced an addiction, logically, they probably do want to quit drinking or they really do want to get this problem under control. But it's more than just saying, oh, I'm never going to drink again because the brain has essentially been hijacked by the addiction and that overrides their logic and their reason. And again, you know, equating it, if you can just think about it, like equating it to that survival need to where, you know, it's no longer about what you want or what's best for them. Really, they'll sacrifice anything and everything um, in order to get their hands on a drink. And you can think about the same thing. If you're dying of thirst, what would you do to get your hands on some water? So I hope that explains a little bit about why someone can't just quit drinking alcohol, why it's not um, as easy as just quitting drinking. And of course, some people can do that. And of course, it works for some people, but the success rates are so, so low that it's really only working for the minority of people. And that's where the Sinclair Method, again, is such a powerful alternative treatment. So the third thing I wanted to cover is how it is that you can support your loved one on this treatment. Like I said, I compiled a bunch of responses from people who are currently using the Sinclair Method and told me how it is that their loved ones support them. So I'm just gonna read some of those comments to you now. Okay, so the first one is a pretty simple one. He says, sometimes I just prefer that my wife stays silent on the topic. It takes the pressure off and it feels good to not talk about or think about alcohol all of the time. This person says, my husband has been super supportive. We had a talk about how he can help me. Sometimes he's such a problem solver and it can be overwhelming. I ask him not to ask if I've taken my pill because it's something I've always done. If he wonders ever if I'm not taking the pill, he can ask, just not every time that I do drink. If he notices that I'm drinking more frequently, he can ask me about it. The best support is when they truly understand the method and the problem that you're dealing with. Then it's really not much to say. Just wait and believe like we do that the method will work. And so a part of this is really understanding the science of the method and how it's working to reverse alcohol use disorder. This person says, uh, recommending that they that you read the book, The Cure for Alcoholism, watch the movie One Little Pill, and ask open-ended questions. Um, call out any progress that you see and encourage your loved one when there is a backslide. Please do not nag or criticize. Gentle reminders to be compliant are helpful. This person says, please don't ask me if I have taken my pill every single time. Please trust me that I am being compliant with the protocol. This person says, I think it helps when they say they're proud of me and point out how much more lucid and healthy I seem. This person says, rather than asking all of the time if I took my pill, maybe put a mark on a calendar so that the loved one knows I have taken it or set a timer. I personally hate to be doubted or to be second-guessed, so if there is a way for me to not be doubted and then nagged, I would be all for a way for them to know the information without them asking. This person says, for me, my wife was very supportive. 
She knows I was trying to get drinking under control and put no pressure on me regarding my intake. I think that's the most important thing is to not put pressure on someone. She watched the documentary One Little Pill with me and she started to believe I could do it. She still asks if I've had my pill when we're drinking in case I forget. Another person says, don't ask me if I've taken my pill. Rather, just ask me how I'm doing and how the method is going for me. This person says, it's important to trust the process, but the longer someone is on the Sinclair method, it becomes a smaller part of their life because they are drinking less. But please understand that it can take a long time. Please don't hang it over their shoulder. Stay positive. Eventually, alcohol will fade into the background. This person says, the most important thing to me is when my partner calls out positive changes, no matter how small, whenever they are noticed. This person says, my husband has been great in the fact that he doesn't mention it at all. He leaves it up to me. He watched the TEDx talk about the Sinclair method at the beginning and supported my decision to try it. He used to meddle about my drinking and we split up over it. Now he says nothing and I like it that way. I know if I've overdone it and don't need anyone else telling me unless they were directly affected, in which case it would be fair enough. This person says, my family is supportive without being intrusive. My husband commented that I still had some wine left over at the end of the week and said that he was glad that it's working. This person said, definitely don't say, you only want to do this because it's an excuse to drink. If you were properly committed, you'd abstain and go to AA. Yeah, don't say that. (laughs) Don't use the words alcoholic or you're a drunk. Those can be very hurtful. And the final one this person says is definitely number one thing I think is important is that it's not an overnight cure. It takes time for the brain to change. All right, that's all for me. I really hope this video was helpful. Please check out the resources or our contact information in the description box below. Thank you for tuning in to the Thrive Alcohol Recovery Podcast. For additional Sinclair Method resources and support, please check out the information in our show notes. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode.